Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Benjamin Netanyahu is out after a 60 to 59 vote in the Knesset to elect Naftali Bennett as the new Israeli prime minister. Today we have analysis from Middle East expert Greg Roman and Anthony Harper from the White House. Former Navy chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we normally like to report the news, discern the spirits, and pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. We are pro-Israel on this show. As Americans, as evangelicals, we love God's chosen people, the descendants of Abraham. I've been to Israel several times, and we're reporting the breaking news as of this broadcast, although by the time you see this, it might be old news to you, that Naftali Bennett won a 60 to 59 vote in the Knesset to become the next Prime Minister of Israel, ending the 12 year Prime Minister run this time around uh, of Benjamin Netanyahu, who, who had also been Prime Minister back in the 90s briefly. Uh, but this is a, a change in leadership. Is it really a change in policy when it comes to the settlements, when it comes to treatment of the Palestinians, when it comes to dividing God's holy land and giving away Judea and Samaria to the Arabs. I want to welcome Greg Roman, who is a columnist. He has meforum.org, that is Middle East Forum, also writes for The Hill, which is a, a national magazine, well-respected in Washington, D.C. Greg, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm honored to meet you. So did I get any of that wrong or, or introduce yourself? No, it's, it's a good way to go about things. I grew up in the United States. I then spent about 10 years in Israel serving in the army working in the government for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Prime Minister's office. And now I have the opportunity to lead a think tank here in Philadelphia, where we focus on American interests in the Middle East, which is really at the cross section of the US-Israel relationship. So what's it like being an American, but serving in the Israeli army, and now you're back in America? That's like, you've been everywhere. So you can ask Naftali Bennett or Benjamin Netanyahu the same question. Naftali Bennett is the son of American immigrants to Israel. He grew up in an English-speaking household. He lives in Israel's most predominant English-speaking city, Ranana. And you also have Benjamin Netanyahu who went to high school here in Philadelphia. He was actually here when his brother uh, was uh, taken from us in the Entebbe operation. I think he was in school in Boston at that time, either at MIT or um, working for Boston Consulting Group. So there's a lot of intersectionality between American interests and between Israeli leadership. This is actually arguably the third American influenced Israeli prime minister to take office, considering we had Golda Meir, who went to school in Wisconsin, Netanyahu and now Bennett, who we had addressed beforehand. So being an American who also had the opportunity to live in Israel, serve in the IDF, and now back being here on our shores, I see the commonality of our interests and what benefits us being together, rather than the focus of some other political erstwhile uh, opponents of the country who try to divide. Well, you could be the fourth. We want you to go back and run for the Knesset. <laughs> but, but that's a long time down the road. I, yeah. What are you doing at Middle East Forum and who reads your blog? Sure, so we have three separate aspects of our forum's operations. It was started by Daniel Pipes, 
the uh, preeminent Middle East studies, uh, I'd say, author of his generation, or most known conservative historian of his generation, who started at Harvard in the 70s. He went off to uh, become a think tanker rather than a professor. He said he couldn't necessarily deal with professorial politics because he had the politics of a, of a truck driver. But, you know, with everything dealing with that, uh, he started our organization in 1994. He's still the president and founder of it. But we focus on three things, intellectually, operationally, and philanthropically. We write, we do, and we give funds to support those who either are amongst us with our mission or want to have a book that they can't get a publisher to pick up or want to start their own initiative and they need seed money. So it's really a entrepreneurial think tank organization rather than just sitting and writing all day. Well, we've established your expertise. We wanna get into your analysis of current news. Naftali Bennett, who is by all accounts, a, a, a right-leaning conservative to the right of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, took a handful of members of the Yamina party and did a hard left turn. He's, he formed a leftist government with Yair Lapid and even the Arabs voted for his prime ministership. And Benjamin Netanyahu is out by one skinny vote. Out of 120 yeah. members of the Knesset, it was 60 to 59 with one abstained. And Netanyahu is no longer the prime minister. What was your reaction and how might this initially affect policy? I think Israeli coalition governments have a history of taking right-leaning, left-leaning, religious and secular parties and forming a government because of the problems of Israeli electoral politics. You only have to get three some percent of the overall vote for your party to enter into the Knesset with three or four seats out of that 120. So when you have a system where you don't have a majoritarian system or a bicameral system or, or a binary system, bipartisan like we did in the United States, you have to pick and choose who your allies are going to be. So Netanyahu has been in charge for 12 years. Today was his last day in the premiership. But this was a long day of reckoning coming considering the fact that his first uh, partners when he was prime minister from 2009 to 2012 in his second term were members of the Labor Party. That's the left-leaning Socialist Party in Israel. Then he was the coalition partner of Yair Lapid, the current foreign minister, and Naftali Bennett, who at that time was the education minister from 2012 to 2015. Even up in these negotiations for this current government that was taking place, Netanyahu had the opportunity to offer the premiership to Bennett. But Bennett rejected it because he didn't want to be beholden to some of Netanyahu's allies. So it's not something to be concerned about. I wouldn't call it a leftist government. I would call it emblematic or symbolic of any other Israeli government in the past. It's just that the policy priorities represent the parties, all of whom have in one way or another served with Netanyahu in government or as a partner when they were sitting in the opposition. Even the Arab Islamist party that joined, Ra'am, which is led by Mansour Abbas, a dentist by training, but an Islamist by profession, has joined this party. He was first recruited by uh, Ben Netanyahu to serve in his government. So it's really just pick and choose. But when you get down to the core issues, they're pretty much the same. Well, I wanna push back on that, and I'm, I'm not as informed as I should be, but obviously you're the expert here. But another analyst has told me that for years, Naftali Bennett campaigned as sort of a one-issue guy, that he was pro-settlement, pro-security, and of course the Jewish Home Party later in Yamina. Uh, they, their number one issue is not Palestine, right? Uh, how can he now side with the Arabs who are pro-Palestine to form a government? So the first thing is, is he's not the first one to side with any Arab Islamists. That was Netanyahu who did that. 
The second thing is, is this party has a platform that extends to over 120 different issues. You have education reform, you have justice reform, the same kind of judicial reform that we're pursuing in the United States to take power, to devolve it from the centralized judiciary, the same thing that's going on in Israel. The justice minister, Gideon Saar, is the former number one vote-getter in Likud. He used to work with Netanyahu. He's now the justice minister pursuing uh, legal reforms. Ayala Shaked, the number two in the Yamina party, is pursuing a reform of Israel's immigration policies to make it more in line with what you would consider to be a conservative immigration policy. And Naftali Bennett sits at the head of a trifecta with Saar and with Shaked that's a conservative majority security cabinet. So on security issues, they'll pretty much go in line with the way that they were voting beforehand. Even Yair Lapid, who's being branded as a leftist, comes from a family and from a political following that you can't really call left. I mean, most of Israel, if you look at the conservative tilt of Israel in the last generation, something like 82% hold conservative viewpoints. We just commissioned a poll, which took place last week in the uh, aftermath of the last 11-day war between Hamas and Israel. 92% of Jewish Israelis believe in a strong, secure policy, and it's almost in line with what Bennett put forward in his recommendations. Now, is he going to be Netanyahu? No, he won't be. But my general argument of why this is good is because it's time for there to be a new generation of Israeli leadership. 12 years is a long time to be prime minister. And I think that maybe there has to be a little bit of a try for something new. And you shouldn't look at this as the installation of a left-wing government in Israel. You should look at this as the dawn of a new generation of Israeli politicians stepping up from the center and the right to lead the country. It's a natural transition. It's not a backfall or a slide into the left oblivion. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Greg Roman will have more analysis of the Israeli elections. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Today we are remembering to pray for the 45th president, Donald J. Trump. In fact, we have commemorated now a special coin to remember perhaps the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-Israel and pro-America president of our generation. And here it is, limited supplies now of a special commemorative Donald J. Trump coin. It's golden, it says the word in God we trust right on the cover. It'll help you remember to pray for and remember the presidency of our 45th president. For a suggested donation of $45 exactly, this is while supplies last, uh, we're gonna send you that coin, but also included are two other products that we offer. You'll get a copy of my book, How to Liberate the World, and a special DVD on how to be an effective Christian activist. We'll throw in both of these, plus the coin, for a suggested donation of exactly $45 to our ministry. And on top of that, we'll throw in this special window decal, I Pray for Religious Freedom, to help you remember to pray for America. Listen. Uh, there are three ways that you can give. Right now, go to our website, which is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Right at the top, there's an online bookstore. And one of those items is the $45 suggested donation for the whole, all four items. Visit our online bookstore at PrayInJesusName.org. Or you can call us toll free. It's an easy phone call, 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Tell the operator you want the special $45 offer and we'll send you all four items. Finally, you can text the word donate to 720-573-0305. Again, text the word donate 
720-573-0305. Please help today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. In recent months, Iran has been funding, and in fact, uh, in recent years, honestly, rockets for Hamas terrorists. And, and just last month, over 4,000 such rockets were launched over a three or four day period against Israeli people. Uh, Greg Roman, I wanna ask about national security. Within the borders, uh, you know, sometimes the, the, the Palestinians are loving, beautiful, peaceful people, except for those terrorists that are receiving rockets from Iran. Uh, and and what, is, what should be the position of the Biden administration towards Iran? Well, there's what should be and there's what will be. Let's start with should. <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the should policy is that the Biden administration or any American presidential administration, Republican or Democrat, should support Israel's efforts to win its war against Hamas. And recognition of victory is not declaring victory. It's forcing your will upon the enemy so that they declare defeat. So they announced that Hamas and the Palestinian hatred and, and, and incitement machinery says we give up. We will no longer pursue our destruction of the Jewish state of Israel to push every last Jew into the sea, which is still their main state of position. Only when that happens and only when an American administration, President Trump came the closest to being able to ask the Israelis to do what they have to do to win their war. But now with Biden back in power, you can accept the same peace processing that started under Clinton, continued with Bush, went to Obama, took a delay with Trump, and now will rekindle itself with Biden. And usually when the Americans start a peace process, it ends up leading to a war. That's what I'm afraid of. So going back to before Obama, probably George W. Bush, and maybe towards the end of the Clinton administration, they were openly advocating US administrations for a two-state solution to the Middle East problem. Trump sort of scaled that back a little bit and instead began what they call the Abraham Accords. And he successfully, through Jared Kushner, negotiated three peace treaties, I'm gonna call them. They have you know various stages of development with countries like uh, uh, UAE and, and with uh, uh, Sudan, and, and there was a third one. Uh, maybe it was Bahrain. Yemen. What's that? Bahrain. Bahrain, of course. I've been to Bahrain. I was on a Navy ship there. Uh, there was peace and there was trending, but now a lot of that is being undone by the Biden administration, or is there hope that can continue? I think this is the one foreign policy accomplishment of the Trump administration that the Biden administration is not trying to unravel. And they're finally accepting the fact that Israeli-Palestinian peace does not have to be contingent or dependent on Israel's peace with its Arab neighbors in the rest of the Middle East. And that calculus, that you don't have to tie the two together, is what may still give hope to the Biden administration's ability to create a united bloc in the Middle East as an anti-Iran bloc should their efforts with the Iran nuclear deal fail. Now, in general, I'm, I'm, I'm not in favor of this deal that they're trying to renegotiate in Vienna. And I think it's going to fail. But should President Biden wake up one morning and say, you know what, that Iran negotiation process I was starting, I don't want that. President Trump's alliance that he's basically allowed to crystallize around the Abraham Accords. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest, this is not about the Israelis and the Arab allies. This is about creating a unified bloc that the United States can rely on in times of crisis in the Middle East. It's like going back to the Gulf War, that 130 nation coalition, and saying the US was able to rely on this. 
And finally, Trump's secret sauce, which was really a very simple solution, to bypass the Palestinian issue, has allowed the Emiratis, the Bahrainis, the Moroccans, the Egyptians, Jordanians, and others to support Israel, even when they went to war with Hamas in May. So it withheld a, a kinetic, violent conflict between the Israelis and Palestinians, and I think it's a peace treaty that's here to stay. I'm with you on that. We have just one minute left. I'll ask for a short answer. Uh, and I'm probably gonna oversimplify this, but traditionally there, there has been the Iran section of Islam, the, maybe the, the Shiites and the Saudi Arabia section, maybe the Sunnis, uh, and there's different factions and there's you know a dozen countries around that are gonna side on both sides. Can Saudi Arabia come to the table and sign any kind of treaty like that with Israel? Yes, 100%, that's the simplest answer. The Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia met with Prime Minister Netanyahu in Saudi Arabia. They began their negotiations eight months ago, and I think that Naftali Bennett, now, now this is one of the things, you have the Arab Islamist party in the government, so it further legitimizes the Saudis' efforts, and that might seem like an unfortunate consequence or unintended consequence of that, but you'll see Saudi-Israel peace hopefully in this administration if Biden doesn't mess it up. I'm with you. Our guest has been Greg Roman, meforum.org. I encourage you to sign up for their blog. Uh, our thanks to Daniel Pipes, uh, who is also the leader of that blog, meforum.org. Let's take a short break. We'll have Dr. Anthony Harper commenting on Israel and get a response from the Biden administration at the White House. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry and the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind Pray In Jesus Name's ministry. Dr. Chaps here, but this great ministry needs your support and you can, you should donate to it. You can also use your promo code Pray News and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts, a lot of those proceeds are coming right back. I'm gonna put them right back into this, into your amazing charity and show. 15 years ago, I invented my pillow. It took me two years to develop because I wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow. I made sure that you could adjust my patented fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last, so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. I back my pillow with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow, and to thank you for your support, I'm gonna pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. I used to think that sheets were just sheets. I got the Giza Dream sheets. They are the most comfortable sheets I've ever had. The MyPillow Topper, for the first time, has enabled me to have a cool night's sleep. I'm able to go to bed and just get rest. That's three inches of wonderful that's in the MyPillow mattress topper. It's just like a firm cloud. MyPillow helps me get a good night's sleep so I can do my job in the morning. Go to MyPillow.com to get deep discounts, not just on my pillows, but so much more. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. In our last segment today, 
after the Israeli elections, which again, 60 to 59 in the Knesset, just narrowly squeaked out an ouster of Benjamin Netanyahu. We wanna bring in Dr. Anthony Harper, live from the White House, our Washington correspondent. Uh, Dr. Anthony, welcome to the program. How are you today and how's the weather in Washington, D.C.? Well, I'm, I'm very thankful, uh, Gordon, uh, Dr. Taft, and the weather is humid, as expected, uh, a lot different than Idaho. Well, tell me about Israel, and I don't know if the White House has an initial response, but we're reporting now that by a very narrow margin, 60 votes to 59 votes in the Knesset out of 120, and there was one person who abstained, that Naftali Bennett has been elected Prime Minister of Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu has out after a 12 year reign as Prime Minister. Uh, what is your reaction? Oh, well, my reaction is that this would not last. This coalition government, uh, I'm expecting it to fall apart. And that, that is too narrow of a margin, not a very clear mandate, I think, for Naftali Bennett to be prime minister in, in this matter. But as far as the White House response, there is, uh, there is a record of uh, President Biden uh, congratulating Naftali Bennett in this position. But I don't, I think it's too premature to congratulate him on this matter. And, and uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu plans to do all he can to, I believe, uh, topple this government, expose it for what it is and um, very serious issues to deal with. I think uh, also, um, Dr. Chaps, regarding this, uh, this issue of why, a big question for a lot of people would be, why did Prime Minister Netanyahu get ousted from the position, or why did President Trump? And I, and I think it should be good to entertain maybe a possible uh, answer to this issue, being that because of Netanyahu and Trump's support of the peace plan, short dividing Israel with the peace plan map people have seen, that that would be the reason for God removing him from office. Of course, uh, from the prophet Joel 3.2, it's very clear that God is angry about anyone that divides up that land. So even for, for President Biden and Harris, if they pressure Israel to the Palestinian state, they will like, likewise uh, incur the wrath of God. Well, you received an email from the White House press office saying that the Biden administration's number one policy in Israel now is to divide the land. They want a what they call a two-state solution. They wanna give Judea and Samaria to the Palestinians and create a separate state. But you've been there, I've been there, where the high ground over the Ben-Gurion airport would be controlled by terrorists. And we have saw last month how they were launching over 4,000 rockets. Uh, Israeli air traffic would stop in the airport if the Palestinian state was able to launch rockets so so closely to the airport, uh, how would they divide the military or how could they have uh, you know safety and security? Israel says that's a non-starter, at least Netanyahu did. Yes, I think what really would help people, first of all, Dr. Chaps, is for people to see that peace plan map that was promoted by Jared Kushner and President Trump. A, a great visual, the, the big question is, you know, withdrawing from Gaza, uh, did that bring peace? We see uh, an escalation of violence ever since Israel withdrew from Gaza. So how can giving away, uh, giving away more land bring peace? It's totally illogical, irrational, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But 
this is a serious issue for Israel's security. There's no way that uh, this is uh, a good defense for Israel if they cede it from land, and most importantly, on the grounds that God is very angry with those that do that. So maybe God is angry with even the Trump plan or even, uh, certainly the Biden plan. Uh, do you think God was angry with Netanyahu? Is that why he lost this uh, narrow majority? I would say that that's, that's an opinion of, of many evangelicals as well Orthodox Jews. <clears throat> Interesting, Netanyahu himself now says that the Bennett government is a fraudulent government that will fall quickly because it is united solely on hatred, exclusion, and greed. Uh, why, in your opinion, did Naftali Bennett, who's a conservative, right? He's to the right of Netanyahu on security issues with the Yamina party. Why did he take his members and vote with the Arabs on the far extreme left, even some terrorist groups, uh, to form a different government? Well, there are different opinions on that, uh, Dr. Chapson, that, that being that one of them that uh, Naftali Bennett really prostituted himself uh, to bring attention to himself that he wanted to be prime minister. So bad, we, we know in the past that there was a rift between Naftali Bennett and, and Prime Minister Netanyahu, that Naftali Bennett worked for Prime Minister Netanyahu, and there was a problem in their relationship. So it, it's a more of a matter of uh, him being self-centered and wanting the attention on himself as prime minister, he'd be willing to uh, prostitute himself to compromise on this matter with anti-Semitic Arabs. It's, it's really troublesome and it's a, a sign of weak leadership to uh, stoop to this level would really greatly impacts Israel's security. Well, you're right, but I also read that uh, Netanyahu, although he's standing in firm opposition, he was gracious about the transition. He did meet with, with Bennett for 25 minutes to sort of hand over the keys to probably their version of the nuclear football, who knows what what powers had to be transitioned there, uh, but also promised to not challenge the election results, to respect the voice of the, of the people. I think Netanyahu's gonna run again. Uh, as soon as this government collapses, it, it's not gonna last four years. It might be as early as six months. Netanyahu will run again and probably win next time. Let's take a short moment and pray. Uh, Father in heaven, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, as it says in Psalm 122. Lord, we pray for your unity, not only uh, of the people in Israel, I know there's always politics involved, but of the land. God, hold the land together and stop those and oppose those who would divide your holy land of Israel. Give it back to your people, your chosen descendants of Abraham. We pray this blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, our guest has been Dr. Anthony Harper. His website is imcnews.org. Please donate to help him with his travels. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please donate so that we can bring you these important interviews and reports from Washington. Again, our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Today, I wanna to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. 
Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.